Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. I smell pussy. Is that you, Earl? I smell pussy. Is that you, Jai? I smell pussy. Is that you? Yeah, folks. I smell pussy, too. And his name is William Gauthier. Welcome to episode 37 <laughs> of the M&P podcast. I haven't heard that song since that Ja Rule 50 Cent beef was happening. <laughs> yeah, G-Unit hasn't been relevant for like 14 years. Um, but you know who else isn't relevant anymore? William Gauthier, because he's dead to me and he stinks and I hate him. Joe Doyle, thanks for joining me on this Martin Luther King Day. People are going to be all like, Ugh, this episode came out at night. Well, shut up. It's free, you know, so get over it. Anyway, how you guys doing? Um, I'm sorry if I missed something, but I'm very interested in the William aspect of this. That's his first his name. First name, his actual, his actual name. government name is William. William, and I believe his middle name is Cutter. And he chose Cutter because that sounds cooler, I guess. Because he doesn't yeah. want to be Billy Goat. To you. Got it. All right. Well, then, shout out to you, Jeff, for um, being disrespectful, just as he was disrespectful <laughs> to us and calling him by what he never wanted to be called to begin with. Um, yeah. I mean, look at this kid who he, he doesn't even like the name that his parents give him. Like, are we surprised that he wouldn't want to play for a town like Philadelphia? It sounds to me like this kid's in. Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is like, oh, my name's William. My middle name's Cutter. I want to sound professional in the sports world. Let's go with Cutter. Said it no one unique. ever. Unless would you you're, rather uh, be called Cutter or Billy Goat? I would rather be called William. Sir William, maybe, if I was good. But instead Billy he picked Cutter Goat. like he's on the pro yeah. fishing tour. Ooh, Cutter's pulling in them sea bass. <laughs> Do we think maybe he just actually had? I know we'll, we'll probably break down some of like the reasonings and stuff that have started to to float throughout the interwebs, um, true and false reasons. Um, shout out to Snow the goalie. Uh, do we think oh, he actually brother, just? Brother, this guy stinks. Do we think he actually <laughs> maybe just hates his parents because if he doesn't want the name that his parents gave him and his mom was from Reading. he was familiar with the philadelphia area maybe he just hates his parents yeah that's a possibility i would hate my parents too if they were um allowing me to go to boston because boston is a terrible city that's full of racist people allegedly shout out mlk <laughs> at this point i'm just grabbing at straws no um cutter i guess we can it's been a week, but I got some clips we can play. Uh, so if you've been living yeah, yeah. under a rock, Flyers announced in the middle of the Penguins game that they had traded Cutter Goche to the Ducks. At first, I thought this was a joke. Yeah, uh, very confusing. I took a screenshot of it and was like, you know what? I'm not going to get edge affiliate here. I'm going to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Facebook comments on that post are hilarious. Uh, our friends at Edge of Philly got Dr. Evil grittied. Um <laughs> <laughs> when Dr. Evil Gritty put up the fake quote about Tyler uh, Travis Konechny leading the train um, at practice and John Tortorella making him the captain, and they bit hook, because line, and sinker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do have good sports takes, though, uh, so listen to them, Edge of Philly Sports. We used to be partners before Drew went out and destroyed the Broad Street Bully and ruined our lives and then moved to D.C., so he never had to see us again. He is the worst, and I hate him. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, <laughs> watching the Flyers game Monday night, and then the stuff breaks on Twitter, and I am like looking at it because I saw the Ducks tweet first, where it's like we've acquired Cutter Gauthier, and I was like, this is clearly a fake tweet. Like, what's going on here? And then I screenshotted Someone it. Has been hacked. Yeah, I screenshotted it, and I was like, I'm gonna save this before I send it to Joe and Doyle because, like, th- you know, they're gonna there's gonna be a tweet I miss. And they're gonna be like, you dumbass, this is a fake account. The N is actually <laughs> uh, two, three slashes. It's, <laughs> but no, <laughs> the Flyers traded Cutter to the Ducks for Jamie Jamie Drysdale right in the middle of the Penguins game, and then the internet ran wild. Uh, Joe, as you mentioned earlier, Snow the goalie and got a little bit of foot and mouth disease there. Uh, so your initial thoughts uh it's been a week nobody really cares but i was shocked to, to, to say the least but as more information came out about this i'm actually surprised that danny briere didn't just go scorched earth and destroy him yeah i mean we kind of did yeah after he the trade happened for sure from yeah. like a pr perspective 100 percent, and yeah I actually think not only did we go scorched earth on him from a pr perspective but his failure williams failure uh to respond in any like professional manner i think he d- has done one podcast spot for like an anaheim ducks podcast yeah. since this whole thing blew over outside of that though really haven't heard from him in any capacity um but i think at the end of the day sure could you pull like a sam hinky or something and um just like make somebody end up just having to like sit for the their entire time that they don't want to be here potentially um uh, andre karolenko yeah um (laughs) but yes you probably could do that i don't think that that's how you should run a hockey team um and you should absolutely get whatever you can for somebody who doesn't want to play for you um and i think that they did from everything that i've heard regarding like how long the process took like these conversations started like last summer um they all the other like nhl gms that they spoke with regarding a potential deal had kind of like kept things pretty quiet um which is very remarkable very very remarkable yeah and very shows, surprising in my opinion potentially some like good faith and trust that keith jones and danny Breer have with like the entirety of the nhl community that's very promising um overall i'm very happy in the sense that Sure. Is Cutter Gauthier still going to potentially be like a huge NHL talent? Very potential there, very likely. Um, But he has not played an NHL game yet. We got a guy who has NHL experience, right-hand defenseman, Jamie Drysdale, former top six overall pick. A lot of people are a little kind of wishy-washy on him because he does have injury history, but he is young. He still can fill out his body similar to like if he goes into the same offseason program that Travis Sanheim went into and he builds up a little bit this offseason could be really special. And we got a 20, uh, a 2023 or 2024, sorry, 24, um, second overall pick. Yeah, it's 25. a 25. It's okay. not this year. Everyone thought it was this year, but it's actually next year's pick. Second round pick. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. nothing. Um, so I'm very happy with it. Uh, does it set us back again at the center position or – I think they were going to play him at left wing potentially, but um, why would I want a guy who's just going to sit and do nothing and 
beg and plead to to get the hell out of here. That's exactly what this whole offseason was about and getting rid of Provorov and getting rid of Hayes. And like, if you don't want to be here, then, then get the fuck out. Yeah, Danny B, I think the timeline goes, they at the draft, Cutter was like, I'm super excited to play here. And then uh, May of last year, I think Briere said, after Worlds, the World Championships, was when he yeah. was like, I'm out. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Um, and everybody mistook that for World Juniors this year originally, and they were like, no, "Yeah, it was when he like went off in the World Championships." Yeah, and then Briere was like, "Hey, we're not going to say anything publicly because if he changes his mind, then everyone's going to hate him." And then he didn't. Well, and now yeah. the Flyers were like, "Well, we better get rid of him because they flew to Sweden." Him and uh, Danny Briere and Keith Jones flew to Sweden, which like people were posting pictures of like, oh, look, look who's at the World Junior. It's the Flyers GM and president of hockey operations. And then Cutter Gauthier couldn't even have a meeting with them. So I think that was like the final straw. Briere was like, this kid can go fuck himself in his own mouth. There's there's plenty of problems with the supposed timeline that especially Cutter Gauthier presented um, when he said like, Oh, it's been the last like year and a half. Like, there's been so many things going on that I don't want to like, that I couldn't like put up with, and I had to just look out for myself. Yeah, Danny Briere of the quote hasn't me to been read the GM for a year yet. Like, granted, yes, he was the Dwight Schrute to Chuck Fletcher, but to say that. You know, I think they. I think Keith Jones, when Keith Jones met with him after World Championships, he was on the job for like two days at that point. Hmm. So it's like all of the people in the front office are new. So like anything that went on before is like, you're really gonna hold a, a whole complete different regime accountable for the people that some weren't even in the building for. So Cutter's and not quote- only did he not take a meeting with. Daniel Breer and Keith Jones at World Juniors, Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire went to BC to try to meet with him, um, I guess after one of his games, and he told the coach <laughs> to go out there and like poo-poo them and shoo them away that he didn't want to meet with them. Yeah, what a petulant child. The quote from Gauthier that came out like four days after he was traded on why he asked for a trade or demanded a trade or didn't want to play here. He said, it wasn't one specific reason why I asked for a trade. It was multiple. Reoccurring issues that I'd seen over the past year and a half, two years of being under the Flyers organization. It kind of hit me all at once thinking, I can't move forward with this, and I really need to step up for myself and see what's best for my future, and that's what I did. Now, to be fair, before Danny Briere showed up in town, um, the Flyers' front office was a mess. Their medical staff was a mess. Well, yeah, everything, everything was like, kind of if he mess. wanted to say that and, like, all of those people were still here, I think everybody would agree with him that, yes, the Flyers as a whole are a fucking abysmal mess right now. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, you know, the medical staff misdiagnosing Couturier, him needing two surgeries, Hayes needing three surgeries, uh, the medical staff getting incurable cancer and then suing the team. It's not a good look. <laughs> for prospects but the fact that he didn't even cutter didn't even like the guy two guys flew to sweden to be like hey we're not chuck fletcher now does gochier <laughs> like chuck fletcher <laughs> i don't know maybe he does maybe they're best friends yeah. 
one of the one of the things they said was that Chuck Fletcher had promised him that he could jump right to the NHL like this year. And Briere and Jones were like, "We're gonna put the brakes on that one. Like, go back to college. We can't have your well, that's been, bonuses." That's been refuted by Danny Briere. Oh, was it? He said I didn't that, see that when he met with them after World Championships, they were ready to sign him to a contract, and he—that's when he first said, "I, I don't want to be here." Hmm. And then that lines up with unhappy Kevin Hayes being benched. Now I know John Tortorella. Hold on, hey, let me uh. Let me, let me play John Tortorella reacting to uh, Kevin Hayes being implicated in the Cutter Gauthier scandal. He said, "Is the is the guy here? Is there doesn't the guy here that that caused Kevin Hayes a problem?" Aunt Sand from Snow the goalie. Just a just a reminder. Yes. You? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Do you think Kevin Hayes is going to do something like that? I do believe that actually. It just it pisses me off that, that you guys throw that around and affect someone's life. Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement how to play. That's a good man. That's a good man. And, and what you said is going to stay with him. It'll, it'll, that, that's what you guys don't understand. You say something, and you're going to sit there and say you have the right sources. I call Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> so now whenever something goes wrong, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is the word. Oh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, I totally believe Kevin Hayes, even if he didn't directly say something. Um, no, I think this is what happened. They hung out or whatever, and he said his experience with Tortorella and like not every like that's just fine that's okay like not everybody has the same experience with john tortorella i don't think it was how everybody took it as like oh he told cutter Gautier, don't play here yeah like, i don't think he was rubbing his hands together like <laughs> time to sabotage i think he was just yeah like, exactly john tortorella was just to... giving him an honest opinion like yeah i didn't it didn't work out for me well here yeah john tortorella wanted me to play defense and i don't like that part of the game so i didn't want to do it and then i got traded to the blues or I'm going to get traded to the Blues whenever after he talked to him. And Cutter Gauthier was probably like, holy shit, I don't like playing defense either. This could be bad for me. <laughs> you know? Cutter was like, i got to play both sides of the puck? Didn't you see me in World Juniors uh, 2023, 2024? I didn't play defense. I skated around and waited for my spots. I'm like a worse Travis Konechny. Yeah. Cutter Gauthier would have never made it in Mighty Ducks 3. <laughs> No, I, that coach I was too the, tough. <laughs> I, I do agree that that is likely what happened. Like, there probably is some truth behind the original comments by Ant San Filippo regarding like any kind of involvement. With that said, the fact that you are like throwing strays out towards yeah Kevin Hayes indirectly John Tortorella which is why I think John probably responded here too is because if you're going to call out a player a top prospect doesn't want to play in Philadelphia because a previous player did not get along with John Tortorella like that's also a little bit of a stray towards him like this is a, a Penguins Flyers game was going on uh a huge prospect just got traded and your immediate like, oh, here's the reaction that I have is this has Kevin Hayes written all over it. Like that's, I find that to be like 
just very clickbaity and like kind of lazy. And like Doyle said, I don't doubt that Aunt San was sitting there and maybe John LeClaire walked by and was like, nah, it's fucking Kevin Hayes did this. And then they were like, oh shit. <laughs> Holy shit. We got to report on this. <laughs> Kevin Hayes. And like, that's probably, uh, that's my guess on how it happened. Like I, somebody probably said something and it was like assumed to be off the record or just offhandedly. And then they immediately jumped on it because they were like, this is juicy as fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is their brand that snow the goalie. They have been that way for some time, even now being like, kind of like officially partnered with the flyers. Yeah. They do their press um, row podcast is, before games. Yeah. Which I, I think that's also another layer to this whole Their response. Corporate chills, of course. Yeah. It's like they can't be that way if they're going to be official partners with the team. You mean corporate chills? They join the ranks of Charlie as paid by the team. Correct. Well, the other thing, too, is like even if Kevin Hayes did say, like, you know, don't play there, like, if Cutter Gautier took that and ran with it, like as the sole reason to, I'm not going to play there because Kevin Hayes told me to, like then he's an idiot anyway. Like, like... and I could see, like Kevin Hayes has a legitimate argument. Uh, if the Flyers didn't overhaul the entire everything, because look at his time here, he uh, was getting some top minutes with AV. Torts comes into town is like, you got to change your whole game, and he's like, I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to play defense. Defense is the worst. Go fuck yourself. And Tortorella was like, no, you go fuck yourself. And then he came back to him and was like, uh, um, hold on. He, he came back to him and was like, Brett, I'm sorry. So then like compounding that coaching uh, div, rift division, whatever you want to call it, he then gets injured and the medical staff is like, you're fine to play. And then he gets more injured. And then they're like, we'll do the surgery, but then the surgery doesn't go right. So then, like, it's just this whole, like, escalating thing where he, like, got hurt three times, and then the Flyers rushed him back. And, like, how much of it was him? How much was it the doctors misdiagnosing stuff? Like, that whole medical staff got fired. So, like, if I was Kevin Hayes, I would be like, hey, Cutter, you know, I didn't have the greatest time here. (laughs) Didn't have a lot of fun. But in the Flyers' defense... Fletcher's gone. The medical staff is gone. Uh, I guess Scott's gone. Dave Scott's gone. They're trying to pitch a vision of the future, and Cutter doesn't even want to hear them. Something else I haven't heard. I know he did that interview with the Ducks. There's been no indication that he's actually going to sign a contract with the Ducks. Right? Yes. Yeah. So it would be well. I'm sure that. I don't think there's a way that the Drysdale trade happens unless Pat Verbeek. Unless he's not not a good GM, <laughs> that he hasn't gotten uh, some sort of indication that Cutter Gautier is going to sign with them. You would think, Correct. but Cutter could have pulled a draft night lie and said, uh, "Oh my God, I love Anaheim. I want to sign here." And then behind his, he turned around and said, "It's not a lie if you believe it." So this is true. I could see him being like, because you know who the last person is to hold out on the team that drafted them. And force their way to the team they wanted to go to. Well, there's been plenty, but I know who was the, the last one, one that you're going to say because he was a first round pick is Kevin Hayes. The most recent one, Kevin Hayes. Yes. So the plot there's been thickens. plenty since him, though. The plot, like you're adding flour to a roux, the plot thickens. I think overall, the I am happy that this went down. Like 
from a reaction standpoint because it's like, well, what else would you have done if we forced him to stay here? He just would have been terrible or not played or whatever. Yeah, he would have held um, out till 2026 <laughs> and then became a free agent. He wasn't right. even and talking. And you get nothing for him. He wasn't even talking right. to anybody. Um, <laughs> the, the, I think the craziest part out of everything, and Jeff, I know you mentioned this already, but it is just so insane to me. They, uh, John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp went to his first game this season uh, for, is it uh, Boston College, right, BC? Yes. Um, Screaming Eagles or whatever it's called. Yeah. And the head coach for BC, when Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire tried to go down to the locker room after the game to talk to Cutter, said, he doesn't want to talk to you. Like, don't come into this locker room. To John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp. And then John LeClaire, especially. Beyond that um is everybody including i believe jonesy went to raw juniors as well didn't get a chance to talk to them to him there either like they he just refused to meet with these legends of the game like you should be proud and have that respect factor growing up in the game of hockey to at least like show face even if you want to continue to lie to them that's fine but at least or, or continue to say that you don't want to be there. At least have the right. fucking balls to say it to their face. Right. It's. Uh, I think Mertatis, um said this on Flyers Daily a couple of days ago, but that is like the biggest red flag, in my opinion, to where I actually think my opinion on what he was going to potentially be in the NHL has completely flipped to the point where I'm like, I think he might end up being a big bust because he's a loser. Well, Cutter yeah, Gauthier, I think he might he might be like a, a Mike Hoffman type. Yeah, uh, Cutter Gauthier refers to himself. At least that's what I'm hoping for now. He was referring to himself or wanting to be a center, and I found it hilarious that Danny Briere in his interviews. I don't know if this is the one, but he kept referring to him as a winger, and that makes me laugh. So let's play this. This is a. Uh, Danny Briere discussing the reasons behind trading William Gauthier. It was a long time coming. It's been it's been going on for a while. Um, you know, we uh, we tried to uh, give him space. Um, we tried to get in touch with him many times. They wouldn't. They would not communicate as far as uh, the Gautier side. Um, you know, so at some point we had to make a decision, and, and we thought with what happened just a few days ago, uh, this was our time to probably get the highest value. Um, not very often you get the chance to to find a Jamie Drysdale that you can add to uh, to your lineup um, you know when that that came about and um, his name uh, made was made available we uh, we got really excited and you know the chance to add a player of this caliber to a premium position as a right shot defenseman for for a left winger um, just made a lot of sense it was there you go right at the end there for a left winger because they watched him in junior, and they're like, this guy doesn't fucking play defense. <laughs> the other thing that's funny, too, about Anaheim is that they're, like, loaded on centers right now. Like, they have... Oh, they were loaded Zegris. on centers. Well, Zegris is still on the team, so yeah. until he's traded, he's on the team. Well, his knee it's... exploded. He's out six to eight weeks. It wasn't his, his ankle. His ankle. Whatever. It doesn't matter. His lower body. Get out of here. <laughs> you little bitch! <laughs> Do your research, Jeff. I don't need to do research. Inaccurate facts. <laughs> but they have him, McTavish, and I forget who the third one is, but they have like basically four full centers already who are like all young. 
So, I mean, he unless they trade Zegers, which might happen because apparently they are talking about making him available, um, he may still be on the wing. Yeah, and this goes back to he still hasn't confirmed publicly that he is going to sign with the Ducks. Could hold out for two more years. And then force his way. not our problem anymore. Force his way to the Bruins, I guess. But uh, as you heard Danny Briere say, he did flip Cutter for Jamie Drysdale. Now, if you don't know who Jamie Drysdale is, I went back into the archives and pulled a couple scouting reports from the 2020 draft. Um, so here's Corey Pronman's review of Drysdale, the projection category. Corey says, when you initially see the way Drysdale skates, it's easy to get excited. He's played up age groups internationally with success, showing how his brain and skating will allow him to advance, a trait that correlates highly with NHL success. He's been very good, but not a dominant player at the junior level. It's fair to look at a 5'11 defenseman without high-end skill or eye-popping numbers and wonder if the offense is going to transition to the top level of the NHL. Drysdale may not be a top power play guy, but I do think it's possible on the lower end of the spectrum. Even if he's not a 40-plus point defenseman because of how mobile he is, he is smart and he moves well. He moves the puck well from his own end. I could see him becoming a top-pairing defenseman who plays a ton of minutes. That was from 2020. Now, I know that it's not fair uh, to grade that out because he was hampered by injuries, but uh, in the three games I've seen him play, two games I've seen him play, um... His skating is flawless, and his ability to skate laterally across the top of the zone on power plays uh, creates a lot of opportunities. Yeah, he's yeah. very mobile. It's the, it could very well be exactly what our power play needs, which is somebody who can like properly quarterback. Even if you're going to do it from the blue line, that's fine. Well, because yeah. when you the like, he's able to walk it like that, you might as well. You watch Zamula, and like he's fine. I don't know why everyone's like he's this super quarterback power play or power play quarterback because like he's fine he's there I mean it works but like when you watch Drysdale at the point he's constantly moving um, and he's constantly moving quickly and I just don't like it's something the Flyers haven't had in a while I don't think who who was their last effective great skating defenseman on the power play unit Ghost Ghost yeah right and then they ran him out of town. Because Chuck Fletcher is a putz. Um, there's another, this is Puck Pros. I don't know how serious Puck Pros is, but this is from March of 2020, right before everything went down. Uh, before I get into yeah, the Drysdale yeah. NH, when hockey was fun. Uh, so he, this guy compared Drysdale to a smaller version of John Carlson. Carlson's good in transition and, as displayed this season, has excellent offensive capabilities. That's as of 2020. Carlson also uses a slap shot often, which is certainly comparable to Drysdale's game. However, Carlson is a better defender, and I feel Ryan Murray compares to Drysdale on the defensive end. Murray is certainly capable of defending his own end. It won't cost the team any games, but his defensive game also doesn't jump off the page. So um, I get that, too. He's a smaller guy. Uh, he did have that turn turnover at the blue line in the uh, what overtime game was it against the Wild maybe and then but he back checked cleaned up his mess and the Flyers went the other way and scored so like that's a huge that's a huge plus for him also at the end of his shift where he was exhausted for him to back check and not take a penalty impressive work. Mm. Yeah, Ryan Murray's an interesting comparison. Who's Ryan Murray? He's a former number one overall pick, I think. Where yep, did he, second overall. Sorry. Where does he play though? 
Uh, he was on the Blue Jackets, then he was on the Devils, the Avalanche, and the Oilers. Oh, the Avalanche are good. I feel like he never stood a chance on the Blue Jackets. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's so far, only 30, and he is not signed to a team right now. Well, that's tough. So far, from what I've seen, I like Drysdale, though. That's a, looks like a solid pickup, making the best of a bad situation. Um, well, I think having Brad Shaw is going to be very helpful, too, because, I mean, you've seen what he's done with literally every other defenseman on this team right now. Yeah. He's uh, who's, somebody who's, uh, you know, a lot of guys that, you, especially, you know, Rasmus Ristolainen is someone who jumps off the page. I think it was Even Travis Anheim. I think it was Jay Fresh. Uh, hold, hold on. Ah! Nerd alert! He posted some chart of statistics and like Ristolainen's offense like goes up now, like the offense bar goes up, and they're like, "What is this witchcraft that Brad Shaw has done?" Like he make he made Rasmus Ristolainen like an offensive threat, or at least decent enough that he's not a detriment. Well, yeah, before it was like that's all he could do was power play Big and hits. provide offense. Big hits. Yeah, and just not play sound defense. And then they were teaching him how to play defense, and he couldn't provide any offense. So now they're kind of getting a little bit of both. Big hit. Stop hitting is what they said. And then he was like, I can't do it. And then Bradshaw got a poker hot and jammed him on the butt and was like, cut it on or I'll do it again. <laughs> but you get a, another thing I like is Drysdale got drafted in 2020. Like they say, defensemen, NHL defensemen take like five years or so to develop. Flyers. Well, he kinda... also started in the NHL yeah. very young too. But the Flyers so. kind of got all of that. Like, will he? Won't he? Out of the way. You saw that. Like, he played those, whatever. Not full four years like, with the Ducks, but he spent some time with the Ducks already. So, like that weird, awkward getting to know the NHL is out of the way. Now you're just getting a guy who can mold his game as a, yeah. probably a top four defenseman, maybe a top two defenseman now. I just, yeah, that's what I think I like about the trade is, I mean, you lose your second pros, second rated prospect who, you know, may have been a number one center for your team, may not have been, and um, you get like and you you move from a few question marks to filling another hole that you have, which is a top pairing right handed defenseman. Yeah, which apparently is rare to come by. Who would have thought? Yeah, and it helps you now. Like, the Flyers obviously needed help on their power play and needed a top right-handed defenseman, and you get a plug-and-play basically immediately. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the power play because we're going from Pittsburgh game last Monday through, through to the Winnipeg game on Saturday. Flyers had one, two, three power play goals. I know. Yeah, I picked the wrong week to do that. Uh, <laughs> I know. But uh, we were talking last week, the Couturier power play goal was kind of a fluke, happened by accident. Um, these power play goals, though, looked set up and planned yes. and not a mistake. So uh, does Jamie Drysdale being in there make a difference? I mean, he wasn't in the Pittsburgh game. Tippett scored in the Pittsburgh game, but... I think his presence helps. I know against the Montreal game, I think Drysdale set up uh, a pass to Frost where he scored glove side yep. low. So does he help? I think so. It always helps to have a puck-moving defenseman, and the way he moves the puck 
this could be the start of something. I did want to just give you a heads up. As of this recording on Monday, the Flyers' power play percentage still last, but up 2%, I believe, from the last time we looked at this. They are now 12.4% on the power play. The Blackhawks are 128 so we're nipping at a 31st, 30th place. Uh, knock, knock. <laughs> knock, knock, Chicago. We're coming for you, said the police, because they're covering up more sex abuse scandals. Allegedly, allegedly, that's ignorant. And hey. the Flyers took the top spot on the penalty kill by 0.2%. So now they are the best penalty killing team in the league. If the Flyers had a halfway decent power play, I know I've said this before, they uh, would be in first place probably because now they're like two points out of first fighting the Rangers. So, Yeah, 2% um, increase the week of the halfway point to the season is not nothing if you look at trends like some nerd <laughs> oh you mean nerd alert then you can easily say exponential rate with the addition of jamie drysdale you could get to 10 percent within three weeks i could see it we got all the way up to 20 percent by the end of the year um looking at the games i mean they're kind of all whatever happened um the minnesota game was awesome because the Flyers not only fought all the way back to win it, um, they were down late on some flugy goals, really just bad goals in general, but um, from heart. Uh, so what I want to bring up here is that the Flyers go out West, do a back-to-back. Normally you save your better goalie for the better team in this situation. The better team was the Jets. They're the best team in hockey. Hart plays the wild, has a real stinker of a game, lets in a couple of questionable goals, doesn't look good, very shaky. Flyers manage to win without his help. Then they go into Winnipeg the next night. You find out Coots is out, Drysdale's out because he put on that awful dog mask and got COVID from it. And then... Yeah, is anybody watching that thing? Yeah, everybody's everybody's belief is Everybody who puts it on gets sick. Yeah, Drysdale got sick because of the dirty dog mask. So they play Winnipeg, the best team in the league. Sam Erson gets the start. And not only does Sam Erson look better than Carter Hart against the Wild, against a better team, he gets a shutout. So now, does John Tortorella value Sam Erson as 1A and move Carter Hart to 1B with his... Diarrhea forever. <laughs> um, I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Uh, it's a blessing to have two options in net yeah. in the NHL. With that said, I feel like you're probably going to end up having to look at trading hard. Right. This gets more, it gets more and more like glaringly obvious that the move should be to get rid of Hart. I don't know if you do it this year um, or though, although, no, I see RFA. You would have to do it this year, right? Yeah, but then you have to worry about if anybody wants to take him because the story on the street is nobody wants him as long as his name is circulating yeah. around that. Allegedly. We don't know if he did anything, but if he did, nobody wants to deal with him. But Sam Erson now has his third shutout this season. He ranks fourth among NHL goalies for shutouts and sixth in goals against. It's a 2.33 with at least 15 games played. So he's looking great. It is a small sample size. It may be dramatic to say that John Tortorella has already 
moved Carter Hart to 1B status. But Sam Erson, Danny Briere looks like a genius now because he signed him to that two-year deal in the offseason. Everybody was like, this seems like a lot of money for a backup. But now Sam Erson is playing himself right out of that backup role because he looks much better in every facet of his game right now. And is Carter Hart rusty because he can't stop pooping himself? I don't know. Is Carter Hart just not that good and we are starved for decent goalies, so we've pinned all of our hopes on him? That's also a possibility, you know? It is very strange to me. Usually you see um, the year uh, that your contract is is coming up um, a spike in performance. Now, obviously, there's been some of the injuries or illnesses or whatever you want to call it going on with Hart this, for the first half of the season. Um, but you usually see guys go out of their way to like lock in and, and play their guts out to ensure that their next contract is equal to or greater than what they've received previously. Um, especially somebody who's still in their, in their youth, such as Carter Hart. So um, that to me is leaning towards he actually has like something going on that he still is continuing to deal with as opposed to it's uh he's on a drop off from like just a general talent perspective um but you're also not really giving him the opportunity to get like back into a consistent groove knowing that every other night we're gonna go with airson um so it's just a it's an interesting situation but i stick by the the fact that having two options in net is better than having one um with that said if you do get an offer that you can't turn down before the trade deadline then this would be the time to to let them loose yeah i mean they grabbed drysdale so they locked up that right hand first pair defenseman now they really need a center with because if they were going to play william at center he's now no longer there so the Flyers need to get some sort of first or second center. So if a team comes to you and says, I'll trade you one of my first or second centers for a Carter Hart, I feel like Danny Briere has got to be like, all right, we have to seriously consider this because one, Carter Hart has loose butthole and he's diarrhea forever. So he just keeps pooping himself and he's going to eventually hollow himself out like one of those husks from Mass Effect, you know? <laughs> anyway, that's where we're at. Sam Erson, goalie controversy, but finally a good goalie controversy. It's for the goalies playing well and not because the Flyers have to use 15 in one season like they did that one year. Where they're like, tonight's goalie is Mike McKenna. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, the games were, that Winnipeg game, they were, they were in it, but not really. I feel like Sam Erson drugged them to a shutout win. Um, no, but they, they were they were like I think from probably like halfway. Well, after this first period, they were I feel like controlling most of the game. Yeah, the third period got a little shaky, but they were also in the second night of a back to back, and they're running eleven seven instead of twelve six. Um, yeah, which is an interesting choice. Yeah, and that doesn't really losing that one player kind of jumbles lines and messes up. Time on ice, and as we all know, the box score warriors are like, well, if I don't get any ice time, they stink. So, you know, another. Moose it, moose it, moose it. So they can just go, <laughs> fuck off, all you box stat watching zilches, you nerds. Nerd! <laughs> yeah, I think the, the most impressive part about this, this week in Flyers hockey on 
in particular, that back-to-back is not only was it a back-to-back, but it was like a lot of travel involved. You went uh, from Philly to Minnesota, then from Minnesota to Winnipeg. Um, That Minnesota game went to overtime. Uh, You find out right before the Winnipeg game, just hours after you probably got in town uh, or at least got up to get a little skate in, um, that your number one center uh, and your newly acquired right-handed defensemen are going to be sitting. Um, they they come out and they that's like a scheduled loss. Um, so for them to come out and do what they did, and not only do what they did, but you got the shutout from Arison, so you continue to see sparks on his side. But then you also reinvigorate the lineup too by getting Cam Atkinson on the board, not just once but twice. Um, is is really good really good you could see too cam atkinson had after that first goal he goes to do the whole um the fist pumps with the with the bench and he's just patting himself on the back (laughs) as if like he meant to say i got the monkey off my back um which is fantastic and i hope that that leads to um him being a little bit more of a producer uh, in the near future here. I believe there was an interview at some point, either at the intermission or post game where he did mention beating off a monkey, but I want to transition this into coming in live with a bold prediction, because I think this is the first time that we've been successful. So with that, the streak is broken guys. It's not a full point. Because Doyle got too wishful, but it's the point. So let's go back. This is what happened last week. Doyle said Cam Atkinson over two and a half points, and Sam Erson gets a shutout. So we know that Sam Erson got a shutout. Atkinson ended the week with two points, his two goals from the Winnipeg game. Yeah, so motherfucker. Not a full one, but a point five for sure, Doyle. So you're the first one with any points here. Now, Joe, you said TK would get six points. He had three. Uh valiant effort didn't get across the line more i said morgan frost would get three points he did have two points and he did score against his own team versus the canadians does that count as his third point no absolutely not well son of a bitch me and joe are over four (laughs) (laughs) but doyle finally gets one and we're out of the we're out of the negative in bold predictions of the week and only it only took us four weeks to make some kind of prediction that was actually accurate to how the team was playing. Um, two and a half points, not even a lot of points. Cam Atkinson still no. disappointed us. He was close, though. Very close. Two points in that Winnipeg game could have been a lot better or worse. But maybe this is the the Cam Atkinson turnaround game. We finally see him, I don't know, bust out with a bunch of assists or... He continues playing on the fourth line, and he stinks. I don't know. And he gets traded at the deadline to some team that needs a chemo team and in type player like the Blackhawks did that year. They won the Stanley Cup. Or the Avalanche they're currently. Or the Avalanche. I saw that. Yeah. Um, who's the one? Who's their good player that hurt themselves? Is it Landeskog? Yes. I saw that he was skating again, but I think it was like Mark Mathot was like, I got the same type of surgery and it was like never the same. I couldn't play more than like three games in a row and I just retired. So <laughs> Avalanche fans were having a, a real breakdown over that news. <laughs> I almost felt kind of bad. But then I remembered that our top two prospect decided he didn't want to play for this fucking team and yelled, Get me 
out of him. <laughs> so then Danny Briere was like, You little bitch. You suck, you jackass. And then they traded him, and then everybody, he got traded for Drysdale, and everybody was like, You're a dry guy? I'm a dry guy. We're dry guys now, baby. Dry guys on the dry island. Hashtag dry guys. I'm going to make a Photoshop of the SpongeBob where he goes to Sandy's house and he's not in the water. So he like turns into an actual sponge and then we're going to hashtag dry guys. <laughs> yeah. Now we can, we can repurpose dry island all over again. Yeah. Somewhere Pete Laviolette is punching air. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dry island. <laughs> But uh, so now that we are Doyle, you're in a, you're in a heater right now for coming at you live with the bold prediction of the week. <laughs> uh, we got you got to follow that up with another top bold prediction. So oh boy, again, uh, I do this every time. I don't know what games they play or who they play against besides the Blues. If you're listening to tonight, this tonight, uh, the Kevin, Kevin Hayes', Hayes return, Kevin Hayes' revenge game. <laughs> this will teach you to yell at me for no reason, but probably a reason <laughs> I'll never admit. Uh, so they play the Blues tonight, the Stars on Thursday, the Avalanche on Saturday, and the Senators on Sunday. That's like a pretty, well, not so much the Blues and the Senators, but the Stars and Avalanche, that's a pretty heavy heavy turn of games. Yeah, it's nice that they're at home, though. That's a bonus. Because uh, they finish up their road trip with the Blues tonight, then they come home. So we got four games. Two against some some pretty stacked teams. What do you think is going to happen this oh, week boy. in Flyers hockey? Um, let's see. There's a lot to go I'm on. Gonna, a lot of things here. Yeah, I feel like there's uh, there's a few people to pick on here. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go Scott Lawton has two goals and an assist this week. Two wow. Genos, one Apple? Bold. <clears throat> that is bold. You got to go very bold here. Scott Lawton looks like a baby deer trying to walk on ice, and you're putting him down for three points. I am impressed. Uh, that's the kind of confidence you get from getting half of a point. Joe, what do you think? Yes, stay bold, people. What do you think is going to happen this week? Um, I think the Flyers will go to overtime in two of their three games that um, we have before we record next, depending on when we record next. <laughs> it's not really a bold prediction. That's a, I looked that's, into the future and a, saw what was happening. <laughs> yeah, that's been a very frequent of this team. All right, oh. fine. They'll go to overtime in two of their three games, and they will lose oh. one of two uh, that yeah. they they split the overtime. And split OT. All right. And then I'm going to pick a rebounding player here. I think Robert Brink. Over, under, two and a half points, he goes over. He comes back in the oh. lineup with a fire in his pants. Um just like Carter Hart has, oh boy. Diarrhea forever. In his pants. Uh, Bobby's going to go. Tight bottle. Two and a half points, taking the over. I like it. Robert Brink. 
Uh, so there's your bold predictions. I think we have a good chance here. Lawton's, uh, it's possible, I guess. Anything's possible, like Kevin Garnett once said. Uh, you know what? Another thing that happened, let's just clean up some of uh, the extra odds and ends here. Bobby Brink was benched in his hometown. Um, everybody was very upset about that. John Tortorella basically said, I'm not making feel-good lineups. I'm making lineups to win hockey games. <laughs> And everybody was like, this is the reason why Connor Gauthier hates Philly. <laughs> <laughs> John Tortorella's mean. He wouldn't play him in his hometown. They did this last year, Sanheim and Calgary. <laughs> uh, and then somebody was like, well, they do want to win games. And everybody was like, don't bring your logic in here. <laughs> they were, you know, they were like, cut it out. Uh, yeah, and then that was that. But uh, so Brink will draw back in the lineup. I think he's going to have a fire lit in his pants. What do you guys think? I wonder what's going to happen to him when Noah Cates comes back. Oh, see, I just assumed that Morgan Frost would get perennially perennially scratched once Noah Cates returns. Who is skating? I saw that he was skating. Yes. So that's a plus. Yeah, I figured Frost would be on the chopping block in the event that Noah Cates returns and needs a roster spot. Um, but Bobby Brink's play has been less than great. He hasn't looked good. Um, I know Tortorella has been like commenting on it the past couple of games. I'm actually surprised it took them this long to bench him, but here we are. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's quickly gone from uh, the eye test of, oh, that kid's going to build into his own and, and be a legit player in this league to kind of just looking like a dummy. Uh, he, he just If you look at his face when he's on the ice and, and he trips and falls over himself and he gets up and he has that like dumb smile on his face, he kind of just looks like a big doofus. Um, <laughs> so so my, the magic behind the, the Brink meme every time that he did something good uh, on Twitter is has faded and... Um, not sure if that movie poster will be uh, getting onto my feed anytime soon, but hopefully yeah, with the prediction, Jeff, he will. Now, s- pivoting to another player who looked lost, uh, but has turned it around. Owen Tippett now. Uh, power play goal against Pittsburgh, one goal against Montreal, uh, another power play goal in Minnesota. Um, he's fastest recorded time skating. Yes, hit top speed uh, on the ice this year. Yeah, Ab- above he some, barrels, some barrels good in players. on three on three and just crushes into goaltenders. He oh, has no fear. He hit the <laughs> he hit the crossballs crossbar so hard. Cross- I thought he broke a rib. <laughs> crossballs, crossballs. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I thought that he broke a rib with how <laughs> with how hard he hit the net. But uh, so the secret to Tippett's new success uh, highlighted on the Winnipeg broadcast. He has been using a new hockey stick in that of one Travis Konechny. So he is the anti-Provorov because he changed his stick and got better, whereas Provorov, of course, as you remember, uh, shortened his stick and got worse. I mean, the logic there is flawless. Right? I want to thank whatever podcast pointed out that that Provorov shortened his stick by a matter of inches, and that made him um, the worst defenseman ever to play hockey for the Flyers. That has stuck with us forever now and has been a perennial reason for why he stinks. But speaking of players who don't stink, Elliot Friedman covered in his 32 points, whatever that is. I don't listen to it, so I don't know what it's called. Um, Flyers, 32 thoughts. The Flyers want to re-sign Nick Sealer. 
because they think say he's it an, ain't so. They think he's an in, integral piece. You can't find a lot of fourth and fifth and sixth defensemen with his cap hit and style of play and love in the locker room. So unless the Flyers are blown away, the thought is they're going to re-sign him for money in years. And it's that like, just it's makes like me Nick sad. Schultz all over again. That makes me. I I don't have the exact quote, but I remember it might have been the Broad Street Bully, or it might have been this one where we were looking at the off season after the I think it was Chuck Fletcher had picked up Sealer for like a year or two more, and we were like, "This is a fine contract as long as he doesn't like slot in to any of the defensive pairs and just rotates as a seventh defenseman." And then after yep. we said all that, we're like. We absolutely know that's not going to be the case. He's going to be playing the top four minutes, and the Flyers are going yeah. to be relying heavily on him, and his, his role is going to be so much more important. And who was right? Us. We were. We're going to pay our interns to go back and pull that old clip, and then they'll play it, and then they'll look at how right we are. And then we can say something like, at least we didn't make up stories like Snow the Goalie did. And then we'll have a shirt that says, like, we don't, we tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me Bernie Perron, because Bernie Perron is God. Kate Smith, Ed Snyder, let's go, baby. (laughs) I love that um, Snow the Goalie is, like, taking everything from the past week with them being a a focus on Flyers Twitter and apparently within uh, John Tortorella's office as well um, to make merch off of them being ding-dongs i because the problem is that they're definitely probably right Uh, it's just you can't report that without any proof because it makes everyone look bad (laughs) cutter Cutter was getting death threats too after all that went down so like not a good look i understand why john trudorella had to call him out and say something because like the whole organization was getting slandered yeah i mean if you're anybody who would take that news and then send Kevin Hayes an email saying, I'm glad your brother died. <laughs> That's a right. Like, you're, you're a <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. Or the people, uh, the fans who drove to the Boston college game <laughs> and held up signs. Like we don't need you and go fuck yourself. And like, oh, that's kind of funny. No, those fans are funny. That's funny. <laughs> they that's got funny. they got held out for like forty five minutes while the security decided on whether or not to yeah. let them in. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I respect those people, unless uh, they were also the people emailing Kevin Hayes about his dead brother. Like that's. Funny. I'm sure there was some overlap in that Venn diagram. I'm sure a lot of it was covered. Because <laughs> um, if you get that worked up Nick, over sports, on the Nick Sealer um, thoughts. Uh, one of 32 by Elliot Friedman. I don't have a problem with it. He makes $725,000 right now. It's like the league minimum. Like, I don't Well, think yeah. He's, if he's you re-sign him for like, a very small pay raise, like, yeah, I'm okay with that because he'll probably be like your bottom pairing defenseman moving forward. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that as long as it's, as long as it's not Nick Schultz territory. And, like, we can make anybody good defensively, from what it seems. Uh, so, well, yeah, not us. The, Brad I think Shaw the can. caveat to re-signing Nick Sealer is you can't let Brad Shaw walk in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, no. You have to take all of the profits that 
well, uh, Wells Fargo has made from the milkshake stand. Um, Your twenty-five dollar milkshake towards, in a mason jar, yeah, and, and put it towards Bradshaw's um, salary next year. Also, like Bradshaw has the proven track record already. We're going to see how much better he makes Jamie Drysdale. Um, Cause like Jamie Drysdale has the hard part out of the way already. He can skate fantastically. Now he just needs to put the rest of his game together. And I feel like Brad Shaw is like, Oh, so all I have to do is, is teach him how to play hockey and not teach him how to skate. This is a thousand times easier than everybody else I've dealt with on this blue line. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, this, I just want to, if they're going to resign Nick Steeler, keep his contract small. And there's one reason for that. It's because Sean Walker needs an eight by eight contract and there's going to be no room if they give Nick Steeler a lot of money. I think it'll be not only small from a monetary standpoint, but also small from like a length standpoint. He's 30 years old. I could see like a three year, 1.75, 2.5 AAV. Danny B's pretty, I would say two years, maybe just kind of bridge him along. But when Walker Walker's gets that eight year deal and becomes our top defenseman, it's really going to come home to roost. <laughs> buy that Unfortunately, Joe's now. cousin is going to get traded. He's not going to get traded. No one's going to get traded. The Flyers are done making trades. Over. Done. No, they're going to get Trevor Zegers now. Well, yeah, okay. That's fair. They can make <laughs> one trade for Trevor Zegers, but that's all. And then they have their flashy center who scores ridiculous goals, and then they're set. And... And John Tortorella hates him. John Tortorella hates him. And Travis Konechny is captain because he led the train to practice. <laughs> Speaking of leading trains, Corey Perry's a free agent now. I think the Flyers bring him in. <laughs> he's going to re-sign in Anaheim where it all began. <laughs> I'm not saying that he banged Connor Bedard's mom. Allegedly! But I will buy him a $100 Applebee's gift card if... He bangs Cutter Goche's mom. Allegedly. So just, Corey, if you're listening, that's out there. Just know, $100 coming your way. I will digital email that to you. So you could go right out and get those dollar margaritas or sizzling fajitas or whatever the fuck Applebee's sells. I don't go there. But uh, just know, buddy, it's coming your way. All I got to do is fornicate with the guy's mom. Allegedly. So there's that. I think uh, that's all the Flyers news. Oh, Glenn Cochran died. Uh, he played for the Flyers. I don't know much about him. Yeah, before our lives. Yeah, he was. A, I think he was a scout for the Ducks. So that's unfortunate for him. I will say Flyers did a great job honoring his memory. And in his memorial, they spelled his name right this time. So this new regime, A plus in my book, guys. You're doing great. <laughs> Starting on the right foot. Spelled his name right. Not something you would think they would need to do for an in memoriam, but I guess. Got the picture, got the picture right, got the name spelling right. You know what? That's something else that I think we missed when it came to the whole Cutter Gautier situation is looking back, like even just thinking about that joke for what this organization looked like from just an overall like PR perspective, how they were viewed by the hockey community at large, like making stupid, terrible decisions like uh, misspelling somebody in uh, their name in an in memoriam or something like that. Like that was how bad this organization was just a mere 20, uh, 12 months ago, 20 months ago. Um, now you have a trade 
with your number one, number two prospect uh, taking place during a Flyers Penguins game. And within before the even the end of the game, you had Keith Jones uh, on uh, various shows. You had uh, Briere being interviewed at intermission. You had every like all boots on the ground, making sure that they got as much coverage as possible to really like take this narrative, explain themselves, run with it. Uh, whereas previous regimes wouldn't say a word. And yeah. yeah whichever... Joe, how are you grading the PR department right now? Oh, I think that's like a plus. <laughs> um, you said uh, Briere did like a first intermission interview. That's where the quote that we played came from. Jones did, uh, Jonesy did, I think, with JJ and a Booth interview, yeah. Bush, a Booth interview. And then Hilferty jumped on Snow the goalie and was like, Why are you fucking lying? <sighs> but then also said that if he doesn't want to play here, we don't want him. So right. it's and a, then he's going to get booed all the time yeah. when he comes here from now on. It was a real. Which is definitely going to happen. Oh my God, yeah. He's public enemy number one now. And people were trying to compare it to Lindros. And oh, which is a bunch of it was horse shit. Annoying the shit out of me. Oh, I got I it. Yeah, it really bothered me too. Okay, for anybody not who doesn't, even comparable. For anybody who doesn't know, Lindros was uh, the Connor Bedard of nineteen whatever, nineteen eighty. Uh, whenever he got nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety one, and uh, Quebec was like, "We got some good fishing in Quebec. We're going to draft you." And Lindros was like, "Don't do that. I swear to God, don't draft me. I'm not going to play for you. I fucking hate you guys." And Quebec was like, "I think he likes us." So they went ahead and drafted him. (laughs) (laughs) They went ahead and drafted him. And then he was like, what didn't you understand? And Quebec was like, ah, you didn't say it in French, so we didn't get it. (laughs) So then Quebec had to turn around and figure out what to trade him for. And as you know, the Rangers and Flyers were in a fierce bidding war. And because the Rangers couldn't buy a a functional fax machine, the Flyers ended up with Eric Lindros for... A uh, package that included uh, Peter Forsberg, uh, Ron Hextall, some picks, a uh, literal bag of money. and 1991 NHL draft. Yeah. So in this situation with Cutter Gauthier, he went to the draft. He did an interview that was like, I'm so excited to be playing in Philly. And then two months later, he was like, actually, I lied the whole time. Um, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. So that's the difference in those situations for all you. Yeah, uh, Eric Lindros was like, I do not speak French. I do not want to play for this team. I hate your owner. He sent something really mean about my family. Do not draft me. And Quebec was like, I think that meeting went well. Yeah. And then then Quebec was like, all right, so I think we should take him. Yeah, Quebec was like, what if we throw in like a bag of Canadian mints and Lindros was like I won't change my mind on anything regardless of the facts that are set out before me. And Quebec was still like you know what no that's fine we're gonna you're our guy. move ahead with this. But uh, yeah so Cutter not the same situation he is a diva he hasn't yeah. played Cutter one NHL Gautier game. was like I was born to be a flyer. Yeah. I can't wait to be a flyer. And then when it happened three months later was like you know what I think I made the wrong decision. Yeah, and I don't have the the clip, but it's uh, from the Chappelle Show, Player Haters Ball. Hope all the bad things happen to you and only you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I don't, I don't want him to get injured. I just want his career to be a complete bust. The uh, Alexander Digg of the 2020s. Yes, if you will. Because I hate him, and he stinks, and I don't A like nice him. little Pat Falloon, if you will. 
He stinks, and I don't like him. So that's that. Good riddance. Close the book and move on. That is also undercover one of the greatest trades of busts in history. What, the... Pat Falloon for Alexander Daig? Yeah, well, Alexander Daig had a lot of promise. <laughs> well, Pat Falloon was also nicknamed the Fat Balloon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Daig had a lot of promise before he came to Philly, and it was just... I feel like the Senators gave up so much to get him, and they were like, oh, we're going to cut bait before it gets worse. And then he came to Philly, and then they were just like, no, he just gave up. He didn't He didn't want to play or try or do anything. So in a lot of ways, yeah. it could be Cutter Gauthier. But, uh, you know, I thought one of the weirdest things about this whole week was that Matt Barnaby, remember a uh, perennial Buffalo Sabres pest, Matt Barnaby, also a guy who crashes into stuff with his car, Matt Barnaby, uh, actually said that he loved the Flyers, and it was an amazing sports town, and he loved getting booed here. So, uh, like, Cutter Gauthier made, one, the whole Flyers Twitter come together in unison, but also made players who we hate with a pat. Like, if Ty Domi came out and was like, I love Philly, I probably would have just shit my pants out of excitement because, like, everybody came together to hate Cutter. And I don't think that's happened in a while. Yes. Um, oh, also, speaking of, you brought up Matt Barnaby. He did, I don't know what podcast it was on, but he had some glowing, and I say that sarcastically, reviews of Dominic Hasek as a teammate. Oh, I believe yeah. he was quoted at one point saying, I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, he was like the best, best guy on the ice, best goalie um, I've ever played with. But as like a person, he was just a real bag of shit. <laughs> oh, you know what? Never mind. I just looked up the Pat Falloon trade. Awful trade by the Flyers. Uh, all right. They traded Vinny Prospel and Pat Falloon in a second round pick for Alexander Daig. Faklov. Yeah. I bad, can't bad find trade. the... Uh, I want to find the quote of Barnaby talking about Hasek, but it's not coming up on Twitter. What is happening here? It got scrubbed. Dominic I... Hasek scrubbed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. It's not. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist anymore. All right, maybe Dude, I'll. We just got Mandela affected. Dude, he definitely said it because I saw it and laughed at it, but now it's gone. Oh, God. That's embarrassing. You know what else is embarrassing? Did you see the 2024 All Star Game jerseys? <clears throat> yes. They look like Rockstar Energy <laughs> bottles. My yeah. favorite is that. Um... The, my favorite theory is that Carl's Jr. paid some sort of money to make the All-Star jerseys look like their logo. So, so people would um, unconsciously be like, oh my God, I really want Carl's Jr.'s hamburgers. <laughs> uh, it's very ugly. It's a, All four of the jerseys are very ugly. Uh, did you happen to see the All-Star game rosters, by the way? Uh, fan yeah. voting was hijacked by the Maple Leafs and the Canucks. <laughs> oh, God. There's like 45 Leafs and 45 Canucks in, that were voted in. And like the goalies, uh, they're all worse than Sam Erson stat-wise. <laughs> so, it's not looking great. But I guess we'll get to see a skills competition and these ugly jerseys and somebody will win. And that's all, I guess. You know, who really cares at this point? Flyers are on their way, fighting for top spot in the Metro. Not what I expected to be saying on January 15th. But here we are, you know. Um, That quote was on Clear the Crease podcast. 
clear the crease. Yeah, I think um, our favorite uh, Mike Commodore is on that podcast. Mike Commodore is the best. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Ah, it wasn't scrubbed. I'm not signing up for TikTok. Leave me alone. <laughs> People can, can point to, to Marty Broder or Patrick Wan. Listen, I, I if you played with them, I understand we always have a loyalty that way or Dom is by far, in my opinion, the best goaltender to ever fucking play the game. Agree. To me, there's no one even close. Really? Not even, not even, not even remotely close. Okay. close. Yeah, yeah. And I fucking hate the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking the worst teammate ever. <laughs> ever. Hardest worker on the ice. He would come in after the second period. We'd be down two to one. Guys, give him breakaways. I stop him, just go score a goal. We'd fucking find a way. It would go off my ass or peck his ass or someone's ass, and we'd win the game 3-2. Without him, we don't make the playoffs probably six of those seven years. That's how good he is. Dominant. The best of all time. But teammate and <laughs> the shit I saw this guy do and pull with teammates and fans and Listen, he's not a great dude at all. And when I say great, that's not what I want to use. This guy yeah. can be a serial douchebag at times. Now, I'm sure he's 75 years old now and a lot better. But no, I, I wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. <laughs> the glaring review of Dominic. I love it. Dominic Hashik oh, was one geez. of the most annoying things about the Flyers playing the Sabres in the playoffs all those years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, all right. Well, at least I know that the whole team hated him. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Joe, do you have any news for us? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well then. Hey. HL news with Joe. Yeah. So uh, a trend that we've seen this season with the, our Philadelphia Flyers has made its way to Lehigh Valley, where the Phantoms love going to overtime and shootouts. Uh, this week in Phantoms hockey, they went a nice 2-0-1, um, two victories, one outright, one in overtime, I believe a shootout, and then another OT loss. So um, that's where the Phantoms stand. As for other uh, AHL news. I have another uh, name signing um, similar to Jesse Pugliarvi, uh from last week's episode. This time for the Toronto Marlies. Any potential guesses that you guys might have based on some names from this podcast, uh, the Flyers organization overall in the past five to seven years? Mike Sillinger. Justin Bailey. No. Think younger. Taylor Lear. No, but uh, along the right lines. Time again. No, it <sighs> was one Kiefer Bellows. Holy God! Oh, the classic. Queen. Who were the Flyers supposed to pick, and and who who did the Flyers pick instead of Kiefer Bellows? German Rubsov. Oh right, and what's German Rubsov doing now? Who cares? Selling um, insurance somewhere mattresses in with Nolan Patrick somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, he's playing KHL hockey. <laughs> well, it's good to know that no matter who they picked, that draft was a complete bust. Ron Hextall is smarter than everybody brutal. in the room. Uh, moving on, now that we got the AHL news out of the way, do you have any betting tips? You don't have to, but I'm going to play you the stinger I made you because <laughs> I just want you to know that this will become a segment. Betting tips from Joe. <laughs> 
Only use if you're legal agent of gambling's legal in your area. We're not liable for anything you do. <laughs> what? <laughs> what it just cuts off mid part of the, <laughs> of the uh it's just disclaimer. saying it's saying make sure you're of legal gambling age and gambling is legal in your area and then we're also not re we're not responsible for anything you do so i don't think it's fast enough i think it needs to be faster i put it on yeah i put it on listen i worked very hard on this yesterday um i put it on two times speed three times speed was almost impossible to understand any of the words well that's the point it's got to be faster jeff nobody can understand it all right then i'll get a longer one and we'll just make the clip 10 seconds <laughs> um i do actually have uh some betting advice uh i would like one to just make the request as well while we're on the stinger to add in um uh, one other line, if possible, regarding uh, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, I would say as for betting tips this week in Flyers hockey specifically, uh, I'm going to take every over. So I wouldn't take that bet until like 10 minutes before puck drop. But whatever the line is at, it usually hovers around six and a half. I want to take the over um in in all three of the games we have between now and next week's episode all right so oh, i thought you were just saying like the nhl i was like wow that's a lot of games to take the overall. jeff you gotta get this podcast out before one o'clock the games <laughs> i think i think boston's <laughs> playing at one today no 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 just flyers just flyers so uh, i think the uh increased production from potential power play performance as well as some guys who have been quiet but starting to shine of late, like Cam Atkinson. A lot of that points to them scoring goals. If Carter Hart's playing, we know that they'll likely give up two, three, four goals potentially with his performance of late. So, um, yeah, I think that the over is a solid strategy. So this week we have bet the over on all the Flyers games, and then I have to add the 1-800-GAMBLER line and a much longer and more drawn-out disclaimer. Got it. I think we should just have Joe or one of us say that every time as a bit. What? Yeah, I can do that. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll throw it into the... I'll make, I'll make a couple stingers. We're going to have some fun here. Cause that's what we're, we're in the business of having fun. We're also in the business of not making up stories for people to like us. And with that, unless you've watched a movie or went to a restaurant, I think we could just wrap this week up. I have a series. Well, hot damn, here we go. The Doyle watches movies and then rates them. Um, have you heard of The Serpent on Netflix? It's a movie about a snake. It is a Netflix series based on true events of a serial killer, basically, in... The 70s and 60s um, in, like, Eastern Asia um, who would poison and take advantage of hippies. Excellent work. Yeah. Most factually accurate, too, for the most part as well. His name is Charles Sobrage. Being a serial killer in the 60s and 70s had to be so easy. You know? Just don't yes. be there when the police come. That's it. Yeah. Well, he, in serial killer fashion at one point, um, went back to one of the places he was wanted for murder just to get arrested <laughs> because his name hadn't been floated around in a while.
Yeah, it's the really it's really hubris that brings him down. But honestly, it's just like as long as you just stay on the road and keep moving, there's really no chance they find you in the 60s and 70s. This is a, not DNA. They're just like, oh, look at this gross puddle of blood. Well, wipe it up. We're done. Scott Lawton was born in the wrong decade. <laughs> John Wayne Lotze. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So out of uh, out of 26 men who dance in their basement and tuck their wiener back listening to Goodbye Horses, what would you rate it? Uh, I'll give it a 20. Pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Wiener tuck Worth backs. a watch. Yeah. Multiple MIGs here. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a good sound. I got to get that one again. The multiple. What did he say? <laughs> what did he say? Uh, well, there you go. So watch The Serpent on Netflix. And if you happen to have Amazon Prime, you should get rid of it because they're going to start making you pay an extra $3 uh, to avoid watching commercials. And um, I have Peacock, so I'm not angry that they played an NFL playoff game on it. But oh, everybody who is angry, um, shut the fuck up! I don't care about your opinion on whether or not you think playoff games shouldn't be aired on streaming services. Um, and I'm tired nope, of listening I, to you. I'm going to say it right now, Jeff. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say everything you said. Just shut up! Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I agree 100%. It shouldn't be. Playoff games shouldn't be on streaming services. It's fucking stupid. Listen, do you know how this conversation went? Uh, Roger Goodell was like, I want to play the game on a regular TV channel. And Peacock was like, here is a bag of money. And Roger Goodell was like, oh, oh. He was like a... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised how it went down, but I don't agree with it. So I think the guy involved in in the negotiations was named Dan, and then Roger Goodell heard the amount of money Peacock was going to pay. So he said, I'm coming down! And that's how it ended up on Peacock. So, yeah, I hate it. It's going that way it. though. The it NHL wasn't. already did it. Well, they didn't do it for playoff games yet, but it's, it's coming. You know, ESPN exclusive games already exist. It's only a matter of times before like Game Seven is exclusively on ESPN Plus. Yeah, you know what would be a really great idea, and this could very well be the future here. Um, but what if you had one app? where all of the apps are connected and then it's just one stop shop. You get all of the premium channels and regular channels that you pay for any games and everything just on, you turn your TV on and you have the menu of every game going on right then and there. Um, I don't think anything is done like that before, but you're on to something. It sounds too controversial to be a real thing. I don't think this idea has been done in the hundreds of years of existence of anything. It sounds yeah. it uh, sounds too controversial. I will say that <laughs> like regional sports, you saw it this year with Bally's. I think it's Bally's. Let's and, call it Bombast, Joe. Is it is it Bally's <laughs> or Sinclair? Does Sinclair own Bally's? But like that whole sports network went away. They declared bankruptcy and like sold it. And, like, the Padres fans couldn't watch any Padres games. And, like, I think the Coyotes fell into that, too. But now, like, the baseball teams are selling the rights to, like, home games or viewing games to, like, streaming services or online services. or So it's only a matter of time until the sports leagues are like, okay, we're going to go away from, like, regional sports broadcasting and we're going to come out with, like, you want to watch all the Flyers games? Pay 60 bucks a year for basically NHL center ice but only for the Flyers. And then that's just going to be the model going forward because, like, it gives all the money to the teams. I guess the NHL will take a cut or NFL will take a cut, but whatever. 
there's going to be money exchanged between the leagues. But that it seems like that's where it's starting to trend with like these regional sports networks bankruptcying themselves um, and basically going the way of the dodo. Well, I hate it. I don't know if you'll have that here because Just NBC wait. Sports is owned by Comcast. Just wait for the Eagle. Art. You have to pay 60 bucks to watch the Eagles flounder six of five of their last six games or whatever it was and have A.J. Brown's knee explode against the Giants in a meaningless no, game that, that didn't matter. I don't think it would go that way either because the NFL is always national. Like, your game more Joe. Peacock well, was a test. And 23 million people said, because they, they released the numbers. Oh, we never released streaming numbers, but for this time, it's okay. 23 million people watch this game, which means the NFL now knows that at least 23 million people will pay for a streaming service. So if you really want to watch sports, um, yeah, how, what they've well, discovered now is we need the numbers of how many people canceled that immediately the next day. Yeah, I mean, probably. But, you know, once they go to that all season... Bamboozled. You're done. And with that, I think we can wrap this up. Yep. Recap this episode succinctly. Uh, Cutter Gauthier is the worst. And idiots. for trading for him. Idiots. So they can go live in their fart dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody on Anaheim is. You shoe idiot. So, <laughs> anyway, great Perfectly, for Danny Briere getting yeah. Drysdale. And a high five, baby. And with that, <laughs> we have to stop the podcast now so I can get it out by 1 o'clock so everybody can get Joe's betting info. Yes. It's <laughs> a bet uh, over for the don't Flyers. Need by 1 o'clock. <laughs> it's 12.30 now. Joe's gonna give the, Joe has mistakenly... <laughs> Jeff has mistakenly taken Joe's information as all games <laughs> take the over on all games in the NHL. Got to download FanDuel again and just start betting $5 everywhere. So <laughs> got to start that now before the one o'clock game start. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more fun and f- exciting Flyers news. And maybe we'll make some things up. And then get yelled at by John Tortorella, but you won't know until next week, so tune in, same bat time, same bat channel. And subscribe and like and rate and give us five stars and phillydoot.com. Uh, mpflyers.com, our website. And then from there, you can link to phillygoat.com and buy a hat or a shirt or a sweater or any Eagles gear that'll be heavily discounted once they lose tonight. Uh, against the much better Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll see you next week, and uh, that's all. On behalf of all of us here at Meat Potatoes, good fight, good night.